All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro. Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert! Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. I got I got a, a MacBook Air like a month ago, but I just hadn't installed Zoom, so I was like, oh, oh god, I gotta install all this stuff. You got an, another new computer? You just bought yourself a, an iPad like a few months ago? Yeah, I'm a I'm a, a tech maybe. <laughs> you need to understand that I keep my finger on the pulse. Uh, I I was like, hey, I don't have an M1 chip in my in my laptop. I gotta get something with an M1 chip. What the hell's an M1 chip? Uh, it's like the Apple specific chip. They were using Intel chips before. Like, Ew. Ugh, gross. Disgusting. So I threw that out. Um, no, I wasn't able to keep my, my laptop from my last job. And no, I needed course. a new yeah. laptop because the last laptop I had was the one that Ross sold me right. that had no business doing anything for me anymore. Um, so I, uh, I locked it up, locked it in. I mean, it's very reasonable that they held on to your really nice MacBook that they gave you like a year ago. It would almost be like a scam on your part to swoop in, do a job for a year and just keep the $4,000 computer. Yeah, not even a year, <laughs> like like nine months. Yeah. So yeah, no, I, I totally appreciated that. I was, I was trying to buy it off of them, but the, he was like, oh my God, this is actually a really good lesson at this point. He was like, they asked for, the person we're hiring asked for a laptop He's like, when when you're hiring, you know, the person that you're hiring has so much leverage. Yes. If they want something, like, you basically got to give it to them. And it was refreshing to hear him say that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I bought a, a MacBook when you and I were living together. It was like 2013, I guess. And I, it's yeah. not my main computer anymore. It's like my third computer. But it works. Like, I could still use yeah. it for, for streaming or whatever. And sometimes I do. And so I yeah. think you'll get longevity out of out of your investment. Nice. Pumped to hear that. So we should explain the distance between us. You were potentially exposed, my friend. Well, yeah, I'm not sure how, like how we're classifying exposures anymore. Yeah, I, yeah, I would too. say, yeah, yeah, I would say I was exposed for sure. I was definitely within like three feet of, of people that have had COVID. We were outside, mm -hmm. um, but also at, at one point I was like in a truck cab with someone that has COVID. So. Right. No, no one in the class is tested positive except for the instructors at this point. So we're like kind of just waiting for that that sort of ball to drop, for lack of a better. Are these people in your personal um, life then, or is it your instructors who who you were close to? Instructors that I was close to, but yeah. also um, Jen's dad has COVID, right. and her mom just tested positive, and like Colin and Kath has have COVID, which we oh. haven't seen any of these people in a week to this point. We're yeah. testing every day and still getting negatives, but it seems like the trend seems to be like people are testing, being negative, getting symptoms, still being negative. And then about like four days into like right. being really sick, finally testing positive and you're like, oh, okay. Well, it's that's closer. why when you said, when you gave me the heads up and you kind of put it in my court for today, that's why I figured best if we do this distantly because you kind of had a scratch in your 100%. throat on Wednesday and you might still be negative now, but who knows about tomorrow by breakfast, right? 100%. I've been like hypochondriacal for sure, as you know, about uh, about COVID. But like actually after the last couple of days, I'm like, I feel really good. Well, that's really <laughs> I, good. Um, Jade and Drew had COVID uh, a week and a bit ago. And in fact, I think they're just uh, free of it maybe less than a week ago. 
Uh, and we're going to see them this evening because, you know, by next week, maybe Becky and I will have it. <laughs> so, like, right. let's try and get in what little uh, social interaction we've allowed ourselves while we can because it seems rampant yet again. Yeah. So what's what's new with you? What have you been watching? Are you taking in any of the... Now, I was going to text you to especially request you wear your Masters t-shirt because it is Masters weekend. Yeah, it is. And, and Tiger's doing okay, right? Tiger's... Against all odds, Tiger is, his leg was pulverized. I yep. think they were talking about like having to amputate it at one point. He is in pain on the golf course. He, he toughed it out, got to the golf course, um, has been grinding, like playing good golf and like is using his clubs basically as a cane as he's walking. He's kind of wincing like him making the cut is a huge achievement. I, I want like, I want so badly like, it will be the greatest thing in sports if he has if he makes a, a decent run here because just the the odds that he faced coming back it's it's really something. If he wins this, yeah, it will be the, the greatest sports moment in the history of sports. Well, it was I one think. of the great moments, certainly one of the great golf moments last time he won the Oscars. Yeah. The Oscars, the Masters. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, same thing. And and there's there's a, yeah, basically yes, yeah, it's the it's the golf. Oscars of golf for sure. It for sure is. There's a lot of pretension and problematic uh, older violence. Uh, uh, yeah, violence. <laughs> People are getting hit. Yeah. Um, there's certainly some beefs, but uh, anyway. So yeah, if he if he were able to, and it's funny, like listening to him talk about it, he's like, you know, it's supposed to be cold and uh, stormy tomorrow, so. Uh, I think some people are going to drop. I just got to get out there and handle my business. Yeah. <laughs> like go tiger. What a psycho. And I mean that yeah. with the utmost oh, respect, sure. but like, what a, what an absolute lunatic. Jen was like, does he have to be doing this? I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> no, like, he's proven it like, already. Force him to, I was like, no, he wants to do it. And everyone wants him to yeah. do it. Like he's a rating monster for sure. I remember when he won the masters in 2019 and even that was like considered this exceptional comeback. I remember saying, oh, "Incredible!" Because my family is always like followed Tiger very closely. Like I don't care to watch professional golf at all, but it's always been in my orbit because the rest of my family yeah. cares about it, and it's usually on on mute at Sunday dinner. Um, and I remember asking, "Now that he's won again, and it's this great comeback, isn't this the right time to retire?" Like shouldn't you now raise your fist high and walk into the sunset? And my whole family was like, no, absolutely not. They wouldn't even hear that suggestion. They're like, nope, that's wrong. Nope, no way. And I'm like, why? And I guess this is why. Well, the, well, kind of this is why, but also he hasn't, he hasn't, like the one main goal, I think for Tiger at this point is getting more majors than Jack Nicholas has. Oh. Jack Nicholas is at like the the top of the, of the charts. I, I don't know where they rank as, as, like tournament wins versus uh, majors, but definitely I think he would need to catch up in both. And I don't think it's in sight really for Tiger anymore. I think it's kind of... Isn't it probably way more challenging now? Like there's more of a machine about professional golf and there's certainly a, oh, a, like yeah. way more professional golfers. And so it seems like there's way more competition for Tiger than there was for Jack. Totally. And the, the funny thing about it too, and I was probably the case with Jack Nicklaus as well, but like, the thing about it too is half of the golfers that are around now are around because of Tiger. So yeah. he like, you know, like people from all over the world from like Spain were watching Tiger and Chile and, you know, 
China and like all of these places were were watching Tiger and he's created more competition for himself as a result. I know there's already been like a pretty comprehensive and overall decent Tiger Woods documentary, but I really think it's time for Michael B. Jordan to stop inserting himself in already established franchises and make the Tiger biopic that he could actually rock. Yeah, you you know what? He that would be solid. That would be really solid. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. That's what I want to see from him. It's got to be somebody kind of young, right? I was thinking about a Tiger biopic too, and and we're probably close to it. I just think that ultimately Tiger will pull the strings on that. And the story's not done. Like you don't you don't want to do the the thing until he's certainly retired from golf. And would Tiger want to pull the strings on it? Like is I mean, obviously he has some business savvy because that's been a big part of his persona as well, branding. But you have to be careful when the subject wants to have a hand in the telling of the story. Like, I've already decided the Madonna biopic is going to be fiction because she's directing it. That's ridiculous. You have no idea what happened to you. But also, I think you need to kind of give it your blessing. Like, even if... So if he doesn't do it, then I don't think they're able to... Well, I don't don't agree. I think think that it's... You don't think so? For one, no. You don't need someone's permission to make a movie about you. Um... But also, like there, I liken it to this David Bowie movie that got made a couple of years ago with uh, mm. with with Mark Maron in it. It's especially uh, an issue in like classic rock fandom. People yeah. get really gatekeepery, and they've decided that because, say, uh, David Bowie's family doesn't condone this movie, suddenly that means the movie is disrespectful, and that's not true. Like. Right. We would never get good stories if the the real figures in our nonfiction stories had to be celebrated every time. And the fact is, like Michael Jordan, a good Tiger Woods story is going to require some really unflattering stuff. That's true. That is true. I just wasn't sure if you need to um, like get some sort of sign off. Life like rights. Do, I guess you could do an un, unauthorized yeah. biography. It would have like to be. That's... It would have to be spun that way i guess right but my point is like sometimes the unauthorized biography especially when the life has been lived out loud maybe it's more yeah. reliable maybe it's more journalistic yeah yeah totally um did you see that the david bowie one no 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 it just kind I of also haven't seen, i have also haven't seen the andre 3001 where i think the biggest thing for hendrix. musicians he played hendrix yeah yeah the biggest and and they didn't sign off on any of the music right to be used so it's like it makes it tougher for sure like it makes it impossible i and i think we talked about it recently they're doing the same thing with billy joel now but they don't even have Mm. they don't even have his life rights and so i mean i don't see why they can't just call their character billy joel if he's not going to sing billy joel songs but i think that's part of the problem that's an interesting point don't have his life rights yeah what does that mean i don't know i don't know what the legalities of it are but like they were able to make Pam and Tommy, even though they right. didn't have a blessing, right? So I'm I'm not really sure where the line is. We like calling it Tom and Pammy. Tom and Pammy. <laughs> <laughs> it really takes away um any remaining charm of Tommy Lee by calling him Tom. Like suddenly he's just this kind of creepy, borderline abusive. Okay, Tom. <laughs> All right, yeah. Tom, get out of here. Get the gun out of my yeah. face, Tom. Right, and I don't think they they got into any of that at all. Like, I'm pretty sure she filed like domestic abuse charges against him at one point. 
Oh yeah, I think it was in the postscript. Yeah. I don't think we right. talked about the finale because we've been on hiatus a little bit, but I really found that show just uh, fizzled. Like it really confirmed yeah. what we had been saying, which is that this never needed to be an eight or 10 part series. Right. Yeah, Rand was kind of the most interesting part of it. Right, but I don't want to sympathize with him. No. No, it's fair. Similarly to uh, the dropout, and that's that's a good segue actually because that wrapped up this week. Did you finish? Yeah. No, it's one of those shows where I'm just I'm not excited to watch it at all. Yeah. Any time that we so we finished that Life and Beth show, I think I told you. Yep. Um, and uh, yeah, we we've got another couple shows on the go, but haven't we've kind of put that on the back burner for now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So the the dropout finished, and similarly to Tom and Pammy, it just it just kind of ends, and it's unfortunate because there's so much buildup to when they throw the book at her and then they kind of don't like I don't want to spoil it for you but essentially you realize that things are going to get bad and they jump six months ahead and Theranos is over and it sucks it's like it's really disappointing and now they're trying to leave the door open for a season two like Seyfried has said that she wants to but like once you see the end you're like well okay they didn't put any of the trial in here so maybe there is some more episodes yeah they knew what they were doing there yeah yeah, I just find it so frustrating to watch. I guess so. I just think you she's know, very like, good. I, I I think that she did a great job. And the rest of it is a, oh, yeah. a bummer. It's sad. Right. That's the thing. It's it's like, it's frustrating to see her, like, you get, you totally get lost in the fact that it's her. Like, yeah. She is, she's incredible. Right? Yeah. But it's just overall, like, stressful. You know, they're not making deadlines. She's, like, putting people through the, giving everyone the runaround. And that's the story of Theranos. And so I get so like, I don't know frustrated how. with Sam Waterston's character, George Schultz. He's like such a friggin' uh, uh, sucker for her. The way he talks yes. to his grandson, it's it's really upsetting. Yeah. And he's like, ah, you're good. And she's like, oh, I think I think we're going to have a great partnership <laughs> together. First, they tell you you're crazy. And then you change the world. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they've got one more super pumped that's coming out this week. I've been watching that in spite of myself. Yeah, and you're hating it, but you know what it's they're doing. You know what they're doing with season two of Super Pumped? Facebook. Oh yeah, that's a bad call. Why? Why would you go to Facebook? Why would you go anywhere near it? Uh, I mean, I mean, like there is more story to tell. I mean, I assume they're not going to tell the Facebook origin because nothing could be ballsier than to try and top it but um i also think let's just leave that door open for you know fincher sorkin should they ever want to because sometimes they flirt with the idea in the press oh really yeah i don't know i don't think it's ever going to happen but like generally whenever one of them puts something out they get asked so there's obviously so much more facebook story to tell do you think you'd ever do a sequel and they both just kind of say well if we can get the right people on board Right. This is like if Ash Ashton did uh, jobs after Fastbender. Like, why would you? Why would you do it? Right. Yeah, I don't get it at all. Anyway, Super Pumped is is weird. I not knowing anything about the guy. Like halfway through the series, you know how they established this relationship with his mom, Elizabeth Shue. Like yeah. halfway through the series, she dies in a boating accident, and Whoa. and his dad is also irrevocably injured. But like, he is really not impacted by it at all. He just kind of keeps marching right. on. There's a lot of um, 
sexual misconduct cover-ups within the story. And it's just illuminated what a lousy uh, management the team was. But And it certainly right. doesn't make me want to get behind the wheel of an Uber. Not the wheel of an Uber, yeah. but into an Uber. <laughs> you don't want to start driving. I don't want to drive for Uber. But I don't know. It's just like, it's just sad. And like I said, I'm kind of sick of all of these um, douchebag Silicon Valley shows. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a good, like, I don't know, like other startups that you could even use, but they're all kind of like owned by the same people now. Yeah, because everything kind of gets boiled down into a capitalistic monolith. What a world we're living in. I know. What else are you watching? Um, so Upload Season 2 came out. Yeah. We're kind of we're kind of watching that. You're the only person I know uh, who likes that show. Who's ever watched yeah. Upload. <laughs> um, it's not awful. No. There's parts where I, I'm like, is this a bad show? But it always kind of brings me back. There's a couple of funny things. It's Greg Daniels, Greg, right? It's Yeah. yeah. And Greg Daniels' son is like basically like a key part of it. Like okay. He is getting so much screen time because he kind of plays the um, the uh, Darcy Carden character, Janet. Janet, he, he, yeah. He's essentially like the AI who's like doing everything. in the, But he's kind of a lousy AI. Isn't it interesting that you make that comparison considering Greg Daniels and Mike Schur were partners for so long? Yeah, yeah. Ooh, that's kind of shady. It kind of feels like maybe Daniels didn't have as much originality. It is It is a bit weird. Yeah. There's there's definitely some, some comparisons there. And Upload kind of is like the good place because it's a place you go after you die, but you're just uploaded there, right? Right. Oh, yeah. I'm sure we made that comparison a year ago when we watched the we show the first time. Yeah. That's so weird. Um, but so yeah, we're watching that. We watched this. <laughs> we were we were between Dune and this movie Moonfall on Amazon Prime. You've it's seen like Dune. Highly... You were going to rewatch Dune, or are you going to watch? We were the... going to rewatch Dune. Okay, because we we're like happy enough to. It's it's on Crave. Yeah, you're like seeing it high def on your own TV. That's cool. Like I'd rather watch it that way than uh, a shadier. You way. could watch the David Lynch version. I don't know if I'm in, in for that. No, no, I don't think point. so. <laughs> um, but so we watched Moonfall and it was a bad movie. Who was in that? That rings a bell. So it's like Halle Berry. It's an Amazon Prime movie. Oh. Halle Berry. Um, who's the other dude? The big dude from uh, from Game of Thrones. Momoa? Is in it. No, no, no. Uh, he was like the, the guy who worked in the library. <laughs> Oh, I was friends with Jon Snow. I don't know. Okay. Uh, Sam, oh, I Sam? Big, I mean, like the, the heavy, Sam, Sam. I yeah. wanted to say Sam, but I was like, I'm just saying that because of Sam lies. Yeah, no, it is. I mean, that's why he's named that. I'm sure. I'm sure yeah. that's why he's named that. Probably. I don't know the actor's name. Yeah. Anyway, he was in it. It was. Isn't his name like bad. Sam Well instead of Sam Wise? I think it is. Good Lord. Yeah. Yeah. We're- we're gonna we're gonna find more issues with Game of Thrones. <laughs> the like, more we it, dig, <laughs> yeah. But uh, it was just one of those movies where, like, the premise was uh, there is like an AI coming from the moon that's like attacking people, and the moon actually ends up being like a mega structure, like a like a Death Star kind of thing. Okay. The, the, <laughs> it was a ridiculous movie. I we we stopped it at one point and. Um, we paused it and we were like, oh my God, there's still another hour left of this movie. Like it was, 
not the not the scenario you want for like a Friday night watch. Isn't that the worst feeling when you when you realize that you were imprisoned by a movie? Yeah. We're like, all right, well, hey, we'll get through it. That's how we felt last night when we watched House of Gucci. Oh, really? Dude, it's it sucks. It was like I kind of I can't imagine it being good. Well, and this is partly on me because it's not like I hadn't heard that it's not great. But I think I thought it was going to be an entertaining shit show. And it's 2.45. Oh. Oh. And so what do you know about House of Gucci? What do you know about like the the, the drama of the story? I know nothing. Really? I know nothing. You don't know what happens to Maurizio Gucci? No. Okay. Well. Does he get murdered? Yes. But the thing is that happens with about 12 minutes left in the movie. Gotcha. And so the entire time I'm like, man, they're I'm slow, slow that. rolling this. When are they going to do it? And then they do it and they rush it. And so like it, the movie is somehow too long and too slow and too fast at the same time. It's like it's and too short, <laughs> too short. And um, it's so hilarious to me that there was any kind of push for Gaga to get an Oscar for this movie because she's a complete Halloween costume in this thing. She's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. She's now one for one in good to bad performances. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's not an awful ratio, but. No, but like now we can see that she's not just going to like turn everything to gold. I think Pacino was okay. Driver's always good, but like just in general, it's a stupid movie. It was stupid. Was, Jer- was Jared Leto in that one? Too? Yeah, that's the one where he's. And he's bad. He's bad Daniel Day-Lewis in it. And he's like. Yeah. fat and he has like a bald head really sad ending for that character it's just like in the end of the movie nobody's happy it's a drag yeah why do you want to watch these movies? on the other hand we did watch uh death on the nile um okay which was actually really nice it was really good i, cool. I liked it you a lot it. yeah i think it's getting some shit for some of the production quality some of it looks quite digitized like the banks okay. of of egypt um, right. Sure, that wasn't an issue for me. It's like obviously an overly stylized production anyway. That's kind of yeah. part of what they're going for. Um, and not knowing where it was going, I was able to predict a couple of things, but not the whole thing. And we thoroughly enjoyed it. They snuck in the origin of uh, Poirot's mustache, which I think is maybe original content, but I was kind of charmed by it. Okay. Yeah. Nice. I, I still haven't watched uh, the first one. Murder on the Orient Express. I've seen both of those movies, in fact, like the right. '70s version and the and the the Branna version. How does the '70s compare to the Branna version? Well, I saw them out of order, so I don't know. I I kind of don't like the story as much. I think that the I think the mystery is better in Death on the Nile. Oh, cool. Um, but yeah, it's they're good. I like I like a whodunit. I think most of us yeah. do. Have you watched Clue? Yeah, I love Clue. I, mean, I still haven't seen it. Yeah, oh, you should really watch Clue. Clue's great. Yeah. We've been rewatching right. Malcolm in the Middle because it's on the Plus oh. now. So I loved, I loved Malcolm in the Middle when I was a kid, and Becky had like never seen it, or maybe she saw one or two along the way. And I'm yeah. so delighted to see that it holds up. It's so funny, and it's obviously really well performed. It's oddly like woke. Like it's a pretty progressive show for having been yeah. 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, we're just we're we're laughing through the whole thing. It's a joy. That's awesome. Yeah. I anytime I see like a, a clip brought up on Reddit or something, it holds up. Yes. Like it's it's funny. It's um, it's interesting how much I 
I don't necessarily relate to Francis, but like he is with a bullet, my favorite character, like sent away to boarding school. He's just, he's, I just find him hysterical. And it's kind of a shame that Christopher Masterson like didn't have any success beyond that. And I know the Mastersons are complicated, although I don't necessarily want to assume that they are guilty of the same crimes. Um, right. But uh, I think he's like very, very charismatic and funny in kind of like a Neil Patrick Harris way. Yeah. I was going to ask, who do you think kind of carries the show? Uh, I mean, pro- probably Cranston, but also like, yeah. also Frankie Muniz. I think he's, I, I think it's a too. great ensemble. Yeah. I, I saw something recently where he refuted that. He was like, I didn't actually like forget recording all of Malcolm in the Middle. Like that yeah. there's this misconception out there that he's like, he said, like, I don't remember a single thing. Right. And people are like, give amnesia about this whole Well, he does have something, though. I don't know if it's just some kind of degenerative condition or if he has a head injury or something. But, like, yes, I I think it's one of those things where the truth lies somewhere in the middle. He's like, no, I I haven't, like, blacked out my entire Malcolm in the Middle experience. He talked about this on Steve-O's podcast. Um, But, but yes, like, there are... There are missing spots in my memory, but also I think that's just true of anything you did when you were 13 years old. Like yeah, you don't remember at all. Um, yeah. Something else I remember from that interview, which I thought was sweet, uh, is that Brian Cranston still calls him every week. No way. Yeah, isn't that so nice? He's like, you know, you hear about some celebrities who are like as successful as Brian, and it's interesting whether they're as nice as you hope they'd be or if they're in fact as douchey as you expect they might be. And Brian Cranston is the nicest person I've ever worked with in entertainment. He's like the most no decent good guy. I love that story. Does he talk does he talk about working at all in future or is he like just cool? I don't know. Uh yeah, I don't remember if he talked about that. I know he was like a race car driver for a while. Yeah. And you'll remember he was like the original punked episode. Was he? Yeah. The, uh, it was okay. back when they could actually use Ashton in the pranks because people weren't on to him. And the right. idea was that they were going to meet for a like a potential movie discussion where they'd play brothers and then Frankie's like quarter million dollar Mercedes gets stolen. Uh, okay, gotcha. That's awesome. Yeah. Kind of an honor. Sure. Oh, yeah. To be the first punk. And then the other thing I want to talk to you about, um, I have now watched five Euphoria's. Oh, wow. I mean, this is I, I'm such a Johnny come lately to good shows, especially HBO ones. Um, yeah. But historically, like I hear the world gets excited about Succession or Euphoria or whatever. And then a year and a half later, I'm like, OK, fine, because I don't like missing out. And then I realize what everybody already knows, which is that these shows are awesome. And then I <laughs> hey, and then I, I go back and I listen to the show show that we recorded. And invariably, we were like, I don't think this is good. I don't think this is going to catch on. Yeah, it feels problematic. We, we did that about Succession and about Euphoria. We didn't give our yes. S's. I knew it for sure about Succession, which we like notably went back. Yeah. Uh, Euphoria, I wasn't sure. If, I think we were both just like, we were uncomfortable. Yes. Like, we don't want to keep watching it it seems decent but like it feels weird to I watch mean, these kids it do these never things. stops being stressful no holy no. um and, and you're five episodes in so how 10 episodes the first season 10 episodes second season i don't know i think yeah it's probably something like that but like it moves yeah. at a clip and uh there's some real bad people in the show i don't i don't know how to talk about it but it's like it's i'm it's all i want to watch like now i'm not going to watch anything until it's 
until so I've seen them all. Stuff. Yeah. All right. Legit. Yeah. Legit. I um, I don't know if I'll go back and watch it, but I'm certainly interested by the season two finale. Might just yeah. Go. I don't. I. I mean, I can't do that. I can't start something in the middle and then go back to the beginning. I'll just find that to be a waste of my time. But right. I think you've probably seen enough of them now to to keep going from where you are. I think so. I'll check the temperature when the <laughs> third season comes out. If people are like, we're fully in on Euphoria again, I'll do it. Okay. I mean, like Succession, it's a long wait before there's going to be another season. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the Grammys for this weekend, I'm, I'm over the Grammys. I don't watch the Grammys anymore. But... No. I texted you because Bo got a Grammy and we've been kind of tracking his his journey to the EGOT. He's now halfway there. Yeah. We kind of saw that Emmy, coming. Emmy Grammy? He's got an Emmy Grammy. Yes, that's okay. right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I didn't even keep track of the categories. Evidently, he won like best original song for a visual medium, which is interesting. Okay. It's not even a comedy category. And then notably on the other side of the spectrum is... The comedy Grammy actually went to Louis C.K., which... Oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, was he there? No, but, like, forget anything I said about how, like, very few people, in fact, got canceled in the end, but Louis one of them. Evidently, no. He can still sell out friggin' arenas and win Grammys. Yeah, that's wild. I mean, like, who is this board? Like, honestly... No who, talking about that. Who, oh, people are talking about it. People are pretty mad oh, yeah, on yeah. Twitter. Like, okay. who are these people? Who is this majority that thought it was okay to continue celebrating Louis C.K. Where have you been? What world are you living in? I don't know. And like, also I, it matters that he won a Grammy for an album or special in which he talks about the allegations and the being canceled. Like, where yeah, he, and he's where not really he, like apologetic about it, right? No, like, no. He make, I mean, he's like self-deprecating like he always was, but he's making excuses. Yeah. It sucks. It's a huge drag. Bummer. Yeah. Um, anything else happened? Did did the Food Fighters play the Grammys? Was that a thing? I I know nothing right now. I'm still in my, well, my bubble. No, you know uh, Taylor from the Food Fighters died. No, yeah. I I know, but I thought they were gonna play anyway. Oh no, and I don't know. Like I don't know if they'll play again. I think that I think that's a huge yeah. blow. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely could be. Yeah. Yeah, that was a rough death. There was another death recently too, wasn't there? Shoot. Um, yeah, maybe. I don't remember. Anyway. It's hard to yeah, keep track of it all. Can we talk about the, the Will Smith Oscars band? Because I know nothing other than I, that it's a 10-year band. Is that all there is to know? It kind of is all there is to know. But what hasn't okay. been reported on uh, concisely is that they do caveat that he's still eligible to be nominated and win Academy Awards, even during this 10-year suspension. So he's... He's suspended from attending ceremonies, which is their way around him being like someone's plus one to the Oscars. And okay, that's fine. But what I don't understand is if he can still win or be nominated, what did he resign from last week? Yeah. What What was How that? What did that mean? Sense. Yeah. So I don't really know. I think that 10 years is both too harsh and also it's the perfect amount of time for him to generate this like great comeback where in 10 years we're like, fuck yeah, Will Smith is good again. And it's the thing is, it's not a punishment. Like if the punishment is you can't go to the ceremony, like is that supposed to be the, like the, the highlight, this guy who has like the worst memory of his life and caused by him, 
probably isn't dying to go back to the Oscars anyway. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. Like you think he was going to go to the Oscars next year and be like, yeah, we're right. all good, right? Yeah. Hey, Chris. Yeah. Right. He's no. got self-imposed PTSD. But I don't know what the answer is other than to go back in time and ask him to leave when it happened. Right. Because it's not take his Oscar away. It's not press charges or or fine him like that's so right. goofy um i'm not condoning what he did but like there's just such an inequity to the the severity of his crime as compared to other people like look how long it took them to suspend or banish or expel or whatever roman polanski and harvey weinstein yeah and will smith no disrespect to chris rock all he did was slap a guy you know, I, I again, I'm very clearly in the side of Chris Rock. I don't think there's two sides to this issue. But I really think that this is only being magnified and expedited and and dealt with in a severe way and so fast because we watched it happen and because it's a sexy news story. Yeah, 100 percent. Yeah, 100 percent. I think I think that's essentially what Chris Rock is going to say when he finally puts puts it in if, if he ever does i think he's gonna be like well smith's not a bad guy <laughs> like, that'd be interesting I think, I think he's gonna be like shitty right then he mm. was really shitty he yeah. was the worst guy in that moment but like not always like that like we've had 20 years of not that yeah but i don't know if that's true i think that it's an interesting moment because he's like the other tom hanks of hollywood and right. because in terms of fame, a really interesting analog for Will Smith is Tom Cruise, who has been openly kind of perceived as a lunatic for essentially decades now. And we're right. able to sell a Tom Cruise movie. And most of us still accept him as this like really um, awesome movie star. But yeah. but we also know, yeah, but I don't want to hang out with that guy. That guy's weird and a nutcase. Right. And I think for some reason we thought that Will Smith wasn't that. And I guess it's just because there's less evidence to suggest the opposite. But here we have uh, ironclad evidence that being that famous is weird and it messes yeah. people up and it kind of, it's illusion shattering, I think, about fame. It's, it says that, right. that despite what good marketing and good actors can convince you, Celebrities are not like us. These guys are, right. are weirdos. Yes, 100%. John Hamm was talking about Tom Cruise this week on uh, Smartless. I don't know if you heard that at all. Yeah, he's in the new Top Gun movie. Yeah. And they're like, he, you, you expect ever, everyone who works with Tom Cruise does a, he's the best. You yeah. Know, he's Everybody talks about his professionalism. He, Everybody he says there that first, he's the guy who really, long. he's a good leader on set, which honestly I believe. Like I believe Tom Cruise loves movies. Yeah, right. He wants to get the thing done and work hard. And and people think he's nice too. Like when they work closely with right. him, they also kind of gather that he's like, he seems like a nice guy. I don't believe he's that he's dude. funny. I don't believe that he's interesting, yeah. but I believe that he's a good scene partner and that he's nice. Yeah. Except for when you're not he, wearing your COVID mask and he screams at you. I think he's interesting, but maybe for like... No, but like, do you think he tells a good story? Picture. Do you think that like at a dinner party, Tom's like, all right, guess what happened to me last night in the parking garage? You're like, oh, fuck. I mean, I think he's probably charismatic. Like you got to I mean, think. I guess. And I would associate that with storytelling and stuff too. And like performers are typically performers. Like they want that 
that spotlight on them. They yeah. want to like tell a tale. I mean, you're right. I, I, I'd be crazy to argue that Tom Cruise is not charismatic, but he's more interesting when like Simon Pegg or Cameron Crowe are writing his dialogue. Yeah. It's kind of what I mean. Like he's a, that's just the Scientology of him kind of makes him appear like a shell of a human. And maybe that's yeah. for the best because when he extemporizes, he gets footprints on the couch. I'm just thinking about this. If Tom Cruise tomorrow put down Scientology, I'd be a huge fan. Oh, I think. absolutely. Yeah. Like I think everyone would be like, holy shit. Well, I mean, like, look how excited we got for Laura Prepon when she did it. And she's not Tom Cruise. Like Laura Prepon, uh, or or uh, is it Leah Remini? Is she the other one? Like when they come out and they're like, "Oh yeah, Scientology is bad. I shouldn't have done that." We're like, "Oh, standing O, good for you." And I've heard, I think it was Leah Remini say, "I'm I'm right about that, right? It's her." Um, I've I've heard her say that Tom Cruise could single handedly shut down the Church of Scientology. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I think he he has so much to gain from it though, so he won't. Oh, yeah do it but like imagine just tomorrow that would be the news story this is one of those like show show moments where if it ever happens we're just gonna look like yeah i mean the, <laughs> the thing is we never would have had a never trust tom cruise slogan because it seems so obvious yeah that's that's true that's true he didn't seem like someone who was kind of like lurking in the depth post couch jump he he's been and then the other thing i'd say about will smith is that as much as I've enjoyed tons of his movies, and I do think he's a good actor, I don't think there was a very strong chance he was going to get nominated for an Oscar in the next 10 years anyway. Because he's not like a perennial Oscar nominee. No, he's not a... He's not a... Uh, Leo. You know, he's not a Leo. He's not a Streisand. Right. He's not a, you know... Not not Streisand. No. You mean I Meryl? Mean you mean Street? I meant Meryl. Meryl Street. <laughs> I mean, I think probably... It's Streisand. Uh, I was hoping you'd do that. <laughs> I think that she might have egot it. In fact, I think Barbara Streisand. She's probably she oh, yeah. definitely would have an Oscar and a Tony, and I bet a Grammy. I don't know about an Emmy, but that would be easy if she was chasing it. Yeah. You know what? We've yeah, talked about this before. Like, what are the what are the easiest of that um, quadrant to check off? And I think we've always said that probably the hardest one to get is the Academy Award. And maybe we just say that because it is the most coveted prize in show business. Mm -hmm. I think probably Tony is is the most difficult one to get just because there's so few of them. But having seen Riz Ahmed win an Oscar last week for best short, I think if you already have ah. some, yeah, he's an Oscar winner now. Nobody talked about it. Uh, um, so what, what sh he just did a short film? And, yeah, he produced a short. And, and so that's where I'm going with this. I, th I think that there, and this is no disrespect to him because I think he's good and he was nominated for Sound of Metal and I think that he'll win an acting Academy Award someday. Um, but I think if you already have star power, you can win an Academy Award. You can figure it, it out. It just can't be an, necessarily an acting one. If you're good with winning one of the below the line ones, you will get fast passed to the front of the line. Like right. if you, well, I mean, this is how um, Shaq just won an Academy Award. Like, yeah, and I and, and I and I'm not saying that movie's not good, but like I think that's also how Riz won an Academy Award. I don't know how involved he was in the making of it, but like if I'm an Academy voter and I'm 85 and I'm not really paying that close attention and I'm certainly not investing in watching the shorts, I'm looking at the nominees and I'm going Riz Ahmed. I recognize that name. Check. Yeah, and I feel like he's so. Did he get a uh, an Emmy already? Riz. 
Yeah, I think he might have won for the night of. The thing about Tony's are the sheer volume of work mm-hmm. is so insane. Yeah. Like you're putting on a performance a day. You're recording a movie every day where you might be, you're definitely in front of a live audience and you're probably singing. Yep. Yep, so. very possibly. Well, and if you do win the Tony, what are the chances you're not going to win a Grammy also, especially if you're like a composer? Like if you're a Lin-Manuel, you win Best yeah. Original Musical. The original sound recording that you also wrote and produced is going to win a Grammy. Yeah. So that's two right there. That's two right there. And then they're going to make a documentary awesome. about the making of the show, which is this cultural sensation. You're going to win an Emmy for that. That's right. And that's how he got those three. Yeah. It's a tale as old as time. <laughs> I liked it. You just reminded me of a joke because you mentioned uh, Lin-Manuel. Uh, one of the jokes in Upload was like their their angels were going to take them around New York. Yeah. And one of the like dumb friends was like, oh, can't wait to see that famous bean. And the other guy's like, well, that's Chicago. And he's like, oh, oh yeah. well, I can't wait to see the bridge. And he's like, which bridge are you talking about? And he goes, Hamilton? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, all right, let's go. Uh, that was uh, the only other thing I wanted to talk about relating to Will Smith um, is Saturday Night Live with Gerard. Yeah, it was. Um, I love Gerard Carmichael. Me too. I think his specials are great. I actually haven't watched the special yet. I watched I should it. Should do that. Yeah. Did you love it? Because everyone's saying how incredible. Well, it's a really good piece of art in like a Nanette kind of way. And, and it's mm. it has some laughs, but like it's it's very singular. It's about one thing. He sits on a stool and the audience like prods him with questions and i it has you wondering if if they're plants because the questions are like anti-heckles there's such thoughtful carefully worded questions that like prompt him into like the next phase of this and it's it is entirely uh focused around his coming out but also how his family will deal with it because it becomes clear that like though they know about his sexuality some of this stuff he's saying to them for the first time through this special and they're hearing it for the first time at the same time as you. And that's yeah. pretty hardcore. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was a really great piece of theater. I thought. Right. Cool. Yeah. I thought he did a really good job doing his model too. That, that's, that's why I bring it up because he, he indirectly talks about Will Smith the whole time. And then the whole show is not about Will Smith. They do a Will Smith sketch, which I thought was cuttable. I thought the, the, yeah, they, if they weren't going to open on it and they opened on, a Trump sketch, which I hated. Um, mm. I think that was a huge mistake. They should have opened on Will Smith. It was the story of the week. But then the sketch they did about Will Smith, where like there's these two randos sitting next to Will Smith at the Oscars. They're like seat holders. Yeah, that was a stupid sketch. It wasn't. It wasn't worthy of the moment. Yeah, yeah. No, you're you're right. I, I like how in update they they went after him for the first. True like 30 seconds i felt like that was good but yeah you're right they probably should have opened on something a little fun and i thought the qvc doll maker sketch was the highlight i thought it was so crude but hilarious <laughs> yeah he, he was good in in the things he was doing but i didn't think the episode at all was like uh, was top 10 in any way oscar isaac tonight no jake john really oscar isaac next week maybe you're right. oscar isaac was like two weeks ago Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The janitor sketch. Yeah. 
All right. Okay. You haven't refreshed your tab in quite a while. <laughs> well, honestly, like I, I, I think the Oscar Isaac episode was not that memorable overall, and I haven't seen promos for Jake's uh, episode, so maybe that's what happened. I just said that. I actually thought they were kind of funny. It was him and Bo and Yang and Camilla Cabello. Uh, and I just sent the like promo reel on Instagram to Colin because they're kind of funny. Yeah. All right. I got a couple of things we could we could rattle through. Okay. Uh, we might actually hit an hour after all. Um, <laughs> Benefer 2.0 engaged again. Yeah. I, I didn't know if this was news. I'm happy you brought it up because I, I saw that like Jennifer Lopez was talking about her engagement ring and I was like, oh yeah, they're engaged. And then I was like, wait, did I know they were engaged? I just kind of like assumed once they got back together, I mm -hmm. assumed they were engaged, but sure. Honestly, like this is simultaneously the most romantic story of all time and the greatest circus of a love story I've ever heard. Yes. I love it. I love that they're back together. I like and unironically, I think it's great. But also I do too. But also they're both nuts. Like what are they, why are you moving it, it so quickly like at this? Like what is the matter? Learned, neither of them have learned any lessons. This is Jennifer Lopez's like fourth marriage. Oh, yeah, but maybe her fifth or sixth engagement because she's been engaged right. to him twice and never married to him. Oh, is that and, right? And okay, she was so engaged she... to A-Rod and never married to him. Was she engaged to P. Diddy? Was she was married before? to P. Diddy. Married to P. Diddy. She was married to Mark Antony and she was married to a third guy, like another guy. So there's at, at least five guys and five engagements, but only three marriages, but there might be four. Wow. Yeah. And then Ben's like, it's because she was waiting for me. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I, I really like him and I have nothing against her, except it just seems like they should each have their own place and hang did out you, a lot. <laughs> did you go down the road of like, are they gonna have a kid? Is that possible? Oh, I think that's a bad is idea. This, I think they should that is there a realm where that could happen? I think that Ben Affleck, openly really loves his kids. I think he's, uh, to the best of his ability, a really conscientious father. And yeah. so I, if if he were to have another kid, I have no doubt that that kid would be loved and certainly set for right. life. But it just seems like he often has his hands full with his own emotions. And so it's best if we just don't complicate his life anymore. Fair. Fair point. Yeah. And I also can't imagine what Garner's thinking. Like, oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah, like, oh. Done. Yeah. And Damon. Yeah, and Damon. Although he's probably just a supportive buddy. Like, sure, man, get yours. Be safe. All right. Yeah, I guess we're back together. <laughs> uh, okay, no one's talking about this, but we ought to. You know okay, the actress. Uh, you know the actress Brittany Snow from Pitch Perfect. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's blonde. in like hairspray. She's I think she's got red hair now, but yeah, she's often been blonde. Okay. She's like really, yes. really funny. And it's kind of a strange thing that she hasn't been more successful, which I guess she's promoting. She might be in this movie X, you know, this horror movie that's out right now. Anyway, she was on Justin Long's podcast. And I'm the only person in the world who listens to Justin Long's podcast, which is... That's not true. That's not true. I, I know of a couple. Okay, fine. I think it's every bit as good as Armchair Expert, but Armchair just kind of like sucks up all of the air in the room. And I think Justin Long's really good. And she was on his podcast this week. And she the podcast is small enough that this story wouldn't make news. And maybe she's not famous enough either. But it's notable because it involves uh, Ellen DeGeneres being a villain. Uh, no. She tells this story about having been a guest on Ellen. And in the pre-interview, it comes up that when they were making the 
pitch perfect movies, one of their ways to blow off steam at the end of the day was to go to karaoke bars. And her go-to karaoke song was Gangster's Paradise. And so they asked her if she would do Gangster's Paradise on the Ellen show. And she's like, "Eh, I don't think so. Like, I think I'm too shy for that. That sounds kind of embarrassing. And they're like, well, what if Ellen did it with you? And she's like, okay, fine. And so then in the interview, uh, and this is like, she's telling this in hindsight, but also you can look it up on YouTube. In the interview, Ellen's like, so I hear you like Gangster's Paradise. And she hands her a microphone. And Britney's like, okay, are you going to do it with me? And Ellen's like, nope, don't know it. And she just smiles back. And they just completely throw her under the bus. They just trick her into... And it's actually pretty sad because you can see the look on her face be very like uncomfortable and anxious about it. And the thing she yeah. tells tells Justin is that she actually gets a lot of stage fright in her life. And so yeah. she really feels isolated and tricked into doing this thing that's embarrassing. And on the wow. fly, she has to come up with this way of clowning the song so that she doesn't get uh, misconstrued for having like done it sincerely. And, right. and so she's telling the story to Justin like she really felt tricked by Ellen and the story does not flatter Ellen nor does she try to she doesn't like pull punches and then Justin says in return like sarcastically oh that's strange because she's so known for being nice to everybody and so it's the first time I've heard two celebrities interact without Ellen in the room about Ellen being like that and it was validating because you and I have talked about it so much it's definitely becoming a thing in like comedy circles where like like some of the like comedy podcasts I listen to they definitely like talk about how she's shit or reference her like being shitty but you know how like industry like celebrity interviews tend to err on the side of caution where it comes to the reputations of powerful people this comes back to tom 100%. cruise this comes back to john ham specifically making a point of saying tom cruise is a great colleague and a great guy whereas right. comment sections are always dominated by people saying the thing that's probably true about them and then the celebrities right. kind of gaslight you in the marketing and they're like oh but we all really love ellen and it was right. really validating to hear two people albeit far less successful and famous people than ellen say publicly yeah fuck her yeah yeah, they they talked about it a little bit on. It's funny because they talked about it a little bit on the the uh, Workaholics podcast. This is important, and the funny thing about that was Adam Devine actually like like was a stand-in for like a week as a host on Ellen. So okay. he hosted the show for a week. Yeah, and uh, Blake, like the guy with the, the yeah, kind of yeah. like long crazy hair, he just got like. He, he made a joke about her being like shitty and they were kind of like nah and he was like oh okay yeah <laughs> and I was just like so happy that they didn't cut it they were just like whatever we're maybe kind of high and drunk while recording this which they talked about too uh, and they just didn't really give much fun I mean there's been no doubt in my mind for a long long time but sometimes you wonder like is the narrative is the closed door narrative about this celebrity really just existing in comment sections or is this in fact how people feel and it's nice to know that your suspicions about someone's phoniness are accurate mm-hmm. it's so funny that that in hollywood there's such a realm of fakeness and people are being called out so readily about the fakeness mm-hmm. that now people are trying to be more real and realizing that exposing some of the people that are shitty is kind of a part of that yeah 
The next one, I guess, is James Corden. And I just don't know what to think about James Corden because there was a time where I believed that he had an Ellen quality to him. And there are some stories that get yeah. used to support that narrative. Although crying there's baby story. the crying baby story is a famous one, but that's really the main one. And I don't know if there's another one that that matches it. You know what I mean? But like, right. it would have you believe that no one likes him or that he's, you know, that he's shady or that he's a bully. And I watch his monologues, which have only gotten better. And that staff likes him. Like the people who work okay. for him are fans of him. He gets along right. with them well and he's able to laugh at himself. So I don't know if it's the same thing. And I also don't care that I mean, much. I think you would have said that about Ellen at some point too, though. Like it didn't seem like Maybe. the staff of Ellen hated Ellen. Like, you know, a really good way to know if Ellen is what people say would be to host her show, like Adam Devine. Would be to like yeah. show up and like be the host and just like see how people are acting. Yeah. Like, do they seem to really appreciate how when you say thank you, when you say please and thank you? Like, do, yeah. they, do they are they like kind of walking on eggshells in ways that they don't have to? Do they seem like after you talk to them, they let their shoulders down <laughs> and like take a deep breath? <laughs> oh, it's gonna be okay. Yeah. Uh, Severance renewed for season two. Yeah, I'm still making my way through Severance, by the way. I haven't haven't kept you up to date on that, but it's really good. And uh, I only heard good things. I'm going to watch it, the, but I'm going to go back to the beginning and watch it with Becky. Tachuro and Christopher Walken are insanely. Patricia Arquette is like I'm starting to to buy into Patricia Arquette, and I wasn't really ever before. I don't know why, but now I'm like Ben Stiller continues to work with her. I think she's like maybe like one of those like Daniel Day style actresses who's like yeah. incredible and in she also she, does. she also has a Fran McDormand quality to her in her public persona and it, this is the opposite really? of like of of Ellen yeah i think that she's got a real like no bullshit like let's just all be humans make good art but also like treat each other decent to her like a right. good example is the other night she went on Jimmy to promote the show and Fallon and then she took five minutes of her interview to like turn to the camera and like talk about this 12 year old boy who's missing in like Alabama she's like really by the way there's this missing persons report for a 12 year old boy and uh this is his name this is what he looks like if you see him please call this number it was just like well, really un it had nothing to do with anything it's just this thing yeah. she cares about and it was just a really and it wasn't there was no pretense to it there it was nothing had nothing to do with her but it was like yeah. a decent thing for her to do. It's interesting to note that she's David Arquette's sister. Yeah. And like we watched Kid 90. I don't know if I told you about that. We watched it like a couple weeks ago. The, it, the no, thing about Child Stars, the documentary? Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. But but I just think that, that like there's something about that too. Like she's like, I think maybe they've kind of both cut through the bullshit in their own ways him like maybe more nervously yeah. and apprehensively and her just being like no i get it now well they have very different places now in the in the culture like she's an academy award winner and so she has all this respect yeah. he was like a star in the 90s or maybe the early 2000s but he's just kind of like a doof now Plus kind of there was, like, yeah, exactly. There's kind of also like Rosanna Dr. Arquette and there's Alexis Arquette who died. So there's like a whole Arquette family. Right. Which one's Rosanna Arquette? I don't know, but you know the Toto song, Rosanna? It's about her. It's about her. Yeah. Damn. Good song. The really good song. Meet you all the way. Um, yeah. Winning Time is also renewed for season two, which kind of surprised me. And this makes me weary only because 
We haven't graduated out of this era where limited series does not mean something concrete. And so it it feels like this cynical aspect of entertainment where they set something up to be a limited series and then they see the dollars, the dollars roll yeah. in and they're like, oh, well, we can we can keep milking this. And by the way, to hell with our original vision. Right. I, I don't think that they're going to extend the show that they're doing right now. Like, nope. I think it's going to be like kind of like anthology where it's like, OK, now we're now we're talking. And maybe it'll still be the Lakers, but it'll be like the early 2000s Lakers, Jack and Kobe, or maybe it'll be the I Yankees. Mean, that's kind of like a good idea Yankees. for a for an anthology show. Just like do a different sports dynasty every yeah every year. So I watched like I think I'm like three episodes in, and honestly, the last episode it was kind of like I did the thing where I paused it and was like, "Am I still into this?" Mm. And there was still like 20 minutes left, and I'm like. I kind of just want to get through it. Yeah. So I don't know that maybe it's just my, my level of interest in not knowing. I think maybe I'd be more into the 2000s one, like if a Shaq Kobe version was out. But That could be really cool. You So you think that should they should just stick with the Lakers? Not necessarily. No, no. I'd be fine to see them cover insert dynasty here. Maybe it's the Yankees. Maybe it's like down the road. Maybe it's Tiger Woods. Maybe it's Tiger Woods. Winning time with Tiger Woods. That would be cool. He is a winner. He has, some, he has had some winning times. Yep. I feel like they could do like Tyson. Oh, yeah. Like that would be... Uh. Um, you remember the, uh, the Donald Glover, Mr. and Mrs. Smith TV series that they were going to do? Yeah. I know about this a little bit. Yeah, it was going to be Donald and Phoebe Waller-Bridge because they've been buddies for a while and that seemed to lend... What could have been a tired rehash, a whole lot of credibility because the both of them are so damn cool. And yes. uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge dropped out some time ago and now she's been replaced by Maya Erskine from Pen15, who I really love. And so I think this is a really good swap and I'm still I interested, but like, I don't, yeah. I don't know. Is this going to be, is this going to be good enough for both of them? I think it's a good call too. Um, I, I don't know what, it, okay. I read this interview earlier this week. I don't know if you saw it. Um, it's David, or it's Donald Glover interviewing himself, oh. which is kind of a pretentious thing to do in the yep. first place. It almost yep. seems like he didn't want anyone interviewing him. So he had to make up questions for himself, Sure, which is kind of pretentious and weird. Mm -hmm. Um, he kind of has a bit of a Beyonce quality. He's like, he's not as famous as Beyonce, but there's a certain thing where like, we're not allowed to say anything negative about Donald Glover. Everything he does is just perfect and genius. That's the thing. He, he touches on the Bo Burnham thing. He touches on the Phoebe Waller-Bridge thing. Um, where, what about the Bo Burnham thing? So, oh, sorry, not the Bo Burnham thing. Um, the uh, the little Dicky thing. Oh, okay. I kind of right, right, them right. into the okay. same world. By the way, um, just a just a sidetrack. But Bo directed um, uh, Rothaniel. Gerard Carmichael. Yeah, yeah. That's the second time he's directed a special for him. But anyway. Um. Yeah. So so he kind of talks about the Dave comments, and he's like, you know. I, I think the show's good. I just think like making the show, he was basically like, I think the show's like pizza. Like it's like an enjoyable like thing you can have. And That's then he so goes on condescending to, though. Oh my God. It, totally. And yeah. I think he, he says that like, he thinks that like um, the, the thing shouldn't be about a white guy, like, like gaining 
credibility or like struggling to gain credibility through actual rappers. Mm -hmm. It should be like showcasing the access that he actually has because he's white and like the rappers around him kind of feeling like they have to do stuff with him because he's been like kind of like rocketed to success, which is another kind of a weird thing. But I don't think, I think that he's, I don't think he's wrong except for that. It doesn't sound like he's watched the show because that kind of does happen. Like, yeah. And certainly uh, little Dicky does not like, it doesn't hide the fact that he has these insecurities and what's the show called? No, I think Dave? That, I think it has more to do with like the the mental struggle of it all and him trying to figure it out and and him not belonging in this in this sphere him him having a a misplaced entitlement to this culture. It's definitely about right. how how this is a dodgy area for him to try and lay some claim. One hundred percent. Yeah. So. So he, that was kind of weird. And meanwhile, he compares Atlanta to the Sopranos and continues to do that. He thinks that Atlanta is every bit as good as the Sopranos and the Sopranos is like the, one of the best shows ever. And he truly thinks that Atlanta is. And there's something that irks me about that. Like you can, you can compliment other shows. You can say you're trying to do that. You can say, but like being like, yeah, Atlanta's every bit as good as The Sopranos makes me think you're going down a little bit of a Kanye West road. Well, here's my experience with having uh, created things. When you're when you're writing something and you have to commit a lot of time to getting through to the end of it, there's a part of you that has to believe it's a masterpiece. Like I, I really don't right. think I could finish writing something if there was a wasn't some kind of propulsion in my brain telling me keep going. You might strike the greatest gold of all time. And, right, yeah. and and you realize a year later you were wrong, but you're like not unproud of the thing you made, and that's and yeah. that's okay. That's yeah. enough to not feel heartbroken by it. But you also have to be careful not to just like start calling yourself a genius publicly because yeah. two reasons: it makes you look like an asshole, and also it just sets the expectations too high. Like right. knowing that now, without having seen the new season of Atlanta, I'm I should expect Sopranos level quality from these new episodes. That's a that's pretty high bar, saying. bud. Yeah, you should you should look through the interview because it, I guess so. It's interesting. Yeah, that's so interesting. And, and the other thing that's strange is like Mr. and Mrs. Smith is an existing property, and maybe you'll do something really fresh with it. But like, yeah. you also tried to reboot Deadpool as an animated series, which wasn't your idea. And you've mm-hmm. appeared in Star Wars, and you've appeared in the MCU, and you yeah. had a network sitcom of which you were just one of eight regular cast members, and like, yeah, you're. I don't know that you've invented new ground. You're just very talented. He also talks about um, the Phoebe Waller-Bridge thing where like, like he asks himself, so what happened with Phoebe Waller-Bridge? And he just says, you know, classic creative differences. Okay. He's like, are you guys still friends? And he's like, I mean, I like her a lot and I think she still likes me. And that's kind of where it ends. It's like, why would you? This feels so narcissistic. Oh my goodness. It's strange. Like, imagine your Phoebe Waller-Bridge reading that interview. Being like, oh, this is the interview. And, and she's famous for, for talking to herself. <laughs> it's stupid because he's interviewing himself. Yeah. And he's going like, what do you mean? Ugh. Getting like clarification. It's fucking dumb. That is like, dumb. Like, yeah. Dancing with the Stars um, is moving from ABC to Disney Plus after 16 seasons. Still a hit, but they're going to take it off network TV and put it on Disney Plus like weekly, which wow. is interesting. Weird move, but hmm. I guess. I guess that's fine. 
uh, HBO Max and Robert Downey Jr. producing a Sherlock Holmes TV universe. They have two different shows in development to exist in the same sphere as his Sherlock movies, perhaps in lieu of him doing a third movie with Guy Ritchie. I don't know. Obviously, he has some experience in building cinematic universes, and that's good that's for good for commerce as well as for you know your personal brand. But yeah, listen, we're gonna do it if if you want me to do it. <laughs> I'm going to do it. So like, that's it. Look, <laughs> look, you can, well, sure. You could, you're Whatever close. You, you could put a little time into that and it could be really something special. Nice. You're close. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. I, I'll take that as a compliment because I've done no work. A trailer came out for the Marcel, the shell with shoes on movie. Yeah. Do you care about this? I do. Me too. I really care about me, it. me too. <laughs> Jenny Slade. This is such a pro think- pro Jenny podcast in general. You saw her, her last special too, which I think was loved it. Did you watch that? Loved yeah, it. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was great. No one talks about it. No, but it was really good. I agree. It's kind of like part documentary about uh, saying goodbye to her childhood home, and then also great stand-up. Yeah. It's, it's just really yeah. beautiful, and I think that this is her sweet spot: is the gray area between alt comedy and sadness, and that's obviously right. what Marcel is all about. And I don't have like a really like deep connection with the YouTube videos, but. The trailer looks really moving. It's kind of a classic story about like a uh, lonely little outcast looking for family and there's Phil Collins yeah. in the soundtrack and that's going to make me well up. Right. Yeah, it, I, I think it's going to be good. I think people are going to be talking about it. I hope it's more of a launch pad for Jenny Slate than she's had because I think she deserves it. Yeah, me too. Me too. That's all I have really for for show show news. We didn't watch new shows this week. No, we did not. Not that we're potting. We had I don't think to... I actually did watch a new show. Well, like I said, I'm not going to be watching any new shows that we haven't committed to until I got all those Euphorias down. Shit. Are you going to watch a Euphoria or two today? Maybe. I'm going to see some friends a little bit later. I'm going to clean the house. Just got a really low-key weekend planned. Are you just nice. like staying put? Uh, yeah, I, I think we're, I think we're going to lay pretty low. Yeah. I, I've got the masters to just be like, oh, right. I'll have this on in the background. I'll be reading. I have to study anyway. I've got a test again coming up this week. So, um, it was funny, actually, someone in my class mentioned, Hey, my wife just got a job at NSCC and she's working. She, someone said they knew you. And for some reason, I went through like a list of instructors that we'd kind of like worked with at the radio. Like I did not. I did not consider Becky. Yeah, it was Becky. Of, yeah. One of these people. Yeah. And and he said, it's something with a K. He was like, it's like Kate. <laughs> it's Kecky. And I was like, Katie. And I was like, Katie. And I was like, no, like maybe Kate, who we worked with at the radio right. station at one point, who was like an instructor. I was like, it was probably her. And then the next day he comes back and he goes, Katie Tucker. Nope. I was like, nope, nope. Becky Tucker, but I'm, <laughs> I don't know why I didn't consider her in the mix. I, I just thought maybe, because I didn't know if his wife was like going to classes or actually working there at that point. Anyways, it makes sense that they, they work together. It's a small world. It's a small world. See, the thing, about, the thing about Will Smith being so prominently in the news is that we have to address his shit earlier in the podcast. And then how do we end the show? Just come right. back to the fact that Will Smith is been banned from attending the oscars it's a real a a rebuke of crappiness if you will i don't even think we need a tee up anymore i think we Mm. can safely end with never trust will smith and no one needs any of that no it's very clear there's (laughs) 
Not that we were really like dead set on giving context before, but like for all the yeah, reasons that you've heard of, never trust Will Smith. <laughs> yeah, never, never trust Will Smith.